Praise the Lord. Well, the message title tonight is Yoke Up Young. You may think this is a message only for the, you know, children, the youth, young adults in the house, but, you know, it might go beyond that because how many have found out that no matter how long you've walked with God, every morning you've got to yoke up young and go with God. Lamentations 3, 25 to 27. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. Yoke up young. Yoke up when you're young in years. Yoke up when you're young in the faith, new Christians and those who've recently come to Christ. The Bible says it is good for a person to bear the yoke in their youth, to get harnessed up, to get under load, to get under service and obedience to Christ. Jesus said in Matthew 11:28 28 to 30, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Jesus has a yoke for us. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Take my yoke, Jesus said. It is good for us to bear the yoke in our youth. Take my yoke, Jesus said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say my yoke is ease, Christian ease. But some have tried to interpret that way and live a very unstructured and undisciplined and eventually unfruitful life. Jesus said, take my yoke. It's easy and my burden is light. What does it mean that his yoke is easy? Many people have not found it that easy. And all of us have faced trial and struggle. We heard about that pastor this morning under communist Russia in solitary confinement for months and even years, beaten for preaching the gospel in the prison. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Some people have come to Christ and faced great trial. They've been rejected by their family cut off from their family, now walk in lowliness, walk apart from the friendships and the, the love of a family. Others have faced great trial, as there's been trial of faith and even attack of the enemy and temptation against them. Some Christians have been passed over from promotions at work, and the reward that goes with it because they're followers of Jesus Christ. What does it mean, my yoke is easy? I believe the answer is this, that his yoke is easy because when you walk with him, it leads unto eternal life. It leads unto eternal life. No matter what we bear, no matter the burden, no matter the yoking that we have with the Lord and the responsibility that we have to lead a Christian life and to carry the gospel, it is easy because it leads unto eternal life Proverbs 13, 15 says, The way of the transgressor is hard. The way of the transgressor is hard. Why? Because it leads to death. It leads to hellfire. 
But the Lord's yoke is easy because it leads unto eternal life. Hallelujah. There is another yoke. Leviticus 26, 13, it's the yoke of sin. It's the yoke of bondage. It's the yoke of Satan upon the life of those who don't know the Lord. Leviticus 26, 13, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, that you should not be their slaves. I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you walk upright. There is a yoke of sin. The Lord destroys that yoke of sin when we come to Christ and accept him as Savior and Lord, and then we need to take up the yoke of the Lord and walk a life with him, yoked to his obedience, yoked to his service. I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you walk upright. A people in sin are pictured as a people bowed over and heavy. But when the Lord comes and takes that yoke, you stand upright. Your lungs fill with breath to praise the Lord. Your eyes focus with vision. And you walk with strength and courage. The Apostle Paul said, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free, and do not get entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Don't go back to the bondage. Don't go back to anything less than the freedom and liberty that Christ has brought you into. Hosea 11, 3-4. I taught Ephraim to walk, it's the Lord speaking, taking them by their arms. But they did not know that I healed them. I drew them with gentle cords, with bands of love, and I was to them as those who take the yoke from their neck. I stooped and fed them. The Lord has broken the yoke of bondage over our lives. We are set free from Satan's sin, the world's spirit, and the power of darkness. We're free in the liberty of Christ. Now let's take up the yoke of the Lord. It's easy because it leads unto eternal life. No matter what we face, it's easy compared with the yoke of bondage, which leads to darkness and death. The Lord's yoke is light. His burden is light. Yoke up, young. Yoke up, young. Ecclesiastes 12:1. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not. New King James says, while the difficult days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Remember your creator in the days of your youth, while the evil days come not, while the difficult days come not. What are those evil days? Well, the context is, those evil days, those difficult days are old age. And the truth is that at the end of life, you have to face the greatest enemy and the final enemy called death. And the Bible says the days come where you say, I have no pleasure in them. Many things change. But I'd like to think of this. Perhaps it's not the evil days of old age, but maybe it's, maybe it's old age without God. Old age without God, evil days come, difficult days come, because the path of the righteous is as the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. Yoke up young. Give the Lord your heart while you're young. Remember now your creator in the days of your youth, that you can walk out a life of fruitfulness and faithfulness with the Lord. Yoke up young. Like John Baptist, Luke 1.15, 
for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall neither drink wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. You talk about being yoked up young. Even in his mother's womb, the Spirit of God was on that child. Luke 1:41, and it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. John the Baptist began to dance in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Children of God that already dance in the womb and are filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb because of godly parents who serve God with all their heart. Yoke up young like Samuel. 1 Samuel 3.1. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation or knowledge of the Lord, of the word of God. It says the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord. This little child was no more than four or five years old. When his mom and dad took him according to the vow they'd made and they took him to the house of God and they gave him into the hands of the priests and the ministers of the, of the Lord and said, this child belongs to the Lord. He is to be raised for the Lord. And that little son ministered to the Lord from his childhood and the Spirit of God came upon him. And the Bible says his mom made him a new coat every year because every year there was development. The mantle increased, the prophetic anointing, and the call of God on his life. Yoke up young, like David. 1 Samuel 16, 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his family, his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. David, 16 years of age. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he was anointed with holy oil. He was already a worship warrior. He knew how to drive the spirit of heaviness off his own life. Then at 16 years of age, you could take him because he was so skillful and anointed by the Spirit of God, you could put him in the presence of the king and he could drive demonic, and that anointing would drive demonic oppression off the king and bring healing and freedom and relief to the king who was under the power of demonic influence. At 16 years of age, he already had killed a lion. Your adversary... The devil goes about as a roaring lion to try and devour you. David knew how to overcome the enemy in his own life. He'd already killed a bear, a bear of a circumstance. And now he was a giant killer. A mantle on his life and the call of God yoked up young. And he served the Lord so beautifully all his life. 2 Timothy 3.15 Yoke up young, Timothy, and that from childhood, the Greek word is brephos, baby, and that from a baby you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. From a baby taught the holy scriptures. What about Jesus? He yoked up young, Luke 2.49. He said to his parents, why did you seek me? 12 years of age, J12, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? The marginal rendering, did you not know that I must be in my father's house? 
Your children belong to you. Jesus belonged to Joseph and Mary, but he belonged to somebody more. And that was his Father in heaven, and so do our children. Jesus said, J12, 12 years of age, he was in the house of God. I must be about my father's business. He was learning the word. He was asking questions. He was even giving instruction of the insight of the Holy Spirit in his own life. What about the kings of the Old Testament? Record is given many of these kings began to reign at 8 years of age, 16 years of age, 20, 25 years of age. Why this mention of their ages? Could it be that the Lord is wanting to encourage us who want to reign as kings in life by one Jesus Christ that we can start our reign young, we can start our reign early and have a victory in our life all our days as we serve out with the Lord. There was a young king, Josiah, 2 Chronicles 34, 1-3. Josiah was eight years old when he became king and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left, for in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, 16 years of age, he began to seek the God of his father David. He was already a God-seeker. He'd been brought up in the ministry of the Lord, but now came a fresh dedication, 16 years old. I'm going for God. I'm going to yoke up young. And in the 12th year, 20 years of age, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the wooden images, the carved images, and the molded images. He had a revival spirit. It wasn't easy to stand up to officialdom. It wasn't easy to stand up to leaders who were older, that were older than him and well entrenched in the system of that day with a lot of idolatry. But he said, we're going to purge this land. We're going to have a revival in this land. And he brought one of the greatest restorations that Judah had ever seen. Yoke up young. Yoke up young. 1 Timothy 4.12 Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Let no one despise your youth. Be an example to the believers. I like the King James on this one. Be an example of the believers. Be an example of what a believer is like. That when people look at you, they say, that's how a believer worships. That's how a worship, that's how a believer prays. That's how a believer gives. That's how a believer serves. That's how a believer walks. That's how a believer speaks. Be an example of the believer. And then we have 2 Timothy 2.22. Flee also youthful lusts. There are youthful lusts. But pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Flee also youthful lusts. There are some lusts that are particular to youth. And there are some desires and sins that go down the years. 
Now this may help you in the long run. We are created spirit, soul, and body. When you're young, youth primarily, in great measure, particularly fight the sins of the body. Worldliness, peer pressure, sexual temptation, immorality. There's a huge battle on when you're a teenager for the sins of the body. When you're an adult, we could say adulthood, mid-age, you begin to fight particularly the sins of the soul. Prestige and pride, love of money, love of pleasure, independence. And when you are old, in old age, you fight the sins of the spirit. Bitterness, cynicism. Because people look back on their life and they look at the regrets and they look at the disappointments they've faced and the injustices that have come against them and what people have said about them and maybe people, what people have done to them. And that's why in old age, people fight that bitterness and cynicism and they can have a negative spirit, and the world knows all about it. They call them grumpy old men. It's just a confirmation of the battles they're fighting. So today, here we are, yoke up young. Fight the sins of the body. Fight the sins of the soul. Fight the sins of the spirit in old age. Serve the Lord all your life. This is the perseverance of the saints, isn't it? To walk with God in this manner. Well, let's look at Daniel and his three friends. Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Many young men had been taken out of Judah, deported to Babylon, Babylon the great, the world power. But these four served God with an excellent spirit and an amazing allegiance. Daniel, some commentators say, and his friends would not have been more than 16 years of age when they were ripped out of their home, out of Judah, out of Jerusalem, out from the temple, and taken into Babylon, a godless and idolatrous nation and city. Daniel 1.8, they were taken, of course, these were choice young men, they were taken into the, the employ, really, of the king, to be trained for three years, and then they'd be the wise men of Babylon, the Chaldeans, and they would be expected to give the king advice and to also have answer for spiritual matters. Daniel 1.8, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Verse 19, so again, Daniel said, I don't want to eat meat that is offered to idols. I don't want to eat foods that were forbidden to a young Israelite man under Old Testament ceremonial law. He said, prove us with, with other food besides this. 
Then verse 19, then the king interviewed them, and among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they served before the king, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. Ten times better, the sons of God than the sons of the world. Daniel chapter 2, Daniel chapter 4. You know, there came these dreams that the king had, and he wanted interpretation, and Daniel and his friends were able to interpret dreams. But in Daniel chapter 4, 8 to 9, the Bible says that, but last Daniel came before me. His name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God. This is Nebuchadnezzar speaking. He says, in him is the spirit of the holy God. And I told the dream before him, saying, Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you and no secret troubles you. Explain to me the visions of my dream that I have seen and the interpretation. Nebuchadnezzar had seen a dream. And it was a tree cut down. And it was the humbling of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar did not know how to interpret this dream. And none of the wise men and Chaldeans and astrologers could interpret it. But he knew that in this Daniel is the spirit of the holy God. And he said, I know that no dream, no secret, troubles this young man, Daniel. Now, a couple chapters earlier, the king had a dream, and nobody could interpret it. And he did not share the dream with the magicians and with the young men like Daniel. He said, I want you to not only give me the interpretation, I want you to give me the revelation of the dream I dreamt. And if not, you will be slain. I will cut down all the wise men of Babylon and start over with a new crop. And Daniel went in before the king and he requested, he timed before the king. He said, king, give us time. And Daniel and his three friends, the Bible says, they went to prayer and they asked mercies of the God of heaven. And the vision was revealed to Daniel and the interpretation thereof. These young men had prayer power with God because of the surrender of their life and their obedience to the will of the Lord. Now the king said, I know that in you is the spirit of the holy God and that no secrets trouble you. Here's Daniel. Then Daniel said, then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was astonished for a time, and his thoughts troubled him. So the king spoke and said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or, this in, or the interpret, its interpretation trouble you. Belteshazzar answered and said, my Lord, may the dream concern those who hate you and its interpretation concern your enemies. Listen, Daniel 4.19 says that Belteshazzar, Daniel, when he was requested to interpret the dream, he was astonished, the Bible says. The King James, he was astonished for one hour. He needed time with the Lord. He needed time with God. The Bible said he was astonished for one hour, and in one hour answer came, and he had the revelation. Daniel troubled for one hour, perplexed, 
Didn't know what to do, didn't know what to say, had no answer. But after an hour of prayer, he had prayer power with God. The answer came. Jesus was troubled for one hour in the Garden of Gethsemane. And in one hour, he had the victory. Not my will, but thine be done. He said to his disciples, what, could you not watch with me for one hour? The disciples had no answer, did they? In that hour, and they fled because they weren't watching and praying. It is amazing if we will give ourselves, when we face trouble, when we face a struggle, when we face a circumstance, when we face anxiety, it is amazing if we will give ourselves to an hour of prayer to see how quickly the word of the Lord and the answer of the Lord will come to our lives. Let's yoke up young. Let's yoke up young. Well, I want to close with Genesis 14 and Genesis 28, a word on tithing and giving. Let's yoke up young in our finances with the Lord. Young in years, young in the faith, the tithe and the offerings. Genesis 14, 18 to 20, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High. A Christophany, appearance of Christ, after the order of Melchizedek. And he blessed Abraham and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham gave him a tithe of all. King Jesus, you've given me victory over my enemies. You've given me inheritance. You've given me in salvation. I give you 10% of my income in honor of your high priestly ministry and who you are. It belongs to you. It doesn't belong to me. Jacob, Genesis 28, 20 to 22. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going, and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. He was humbling himself before God. Lord God, if you'll be with me, I cry out to you. Bring me back in peace. He said, the Lord shall be my God, and this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to thee. I'll give the tithe to you, Lord. Tithing was long before the law of Moses, some 400 years earlier than the law of Moses. Tithing was only strengthened under the law of Moses and put down more in orderly fashion. But it has been a manner and a principle of life for those who want to walk after the faith of their father Abraham, whose sons and daughters we are, and serve the Lord. The tithe belongs to God. Yoke up young. Yoke up young and serve God so when you get to old age, you won't look back on your life with regrets and say, I wish I would have served God. Oh, I, I so despise what I did there. Why did I do what I did in that situation? I hurt people. I cause such grief in situations. I hurt my own life. If you serve God with all your heart, you will never have a regret in your life because you've walked with God through every challenge and trial and every situation. Yoke up young in your finances. 
So you can stand at the end of your days and you've given your tithes and offerings and you've blessed the kingdom of God and you've sown seed into the world that has multiplied hundreds and thousands of times for the glory of God and eternal fruit will be yours. Well, I want to tell on myself tonight. There was one time in my life when I didn't tithe. I grew up and was taught the tithe principle and I was committed. I'm going to tithe all my life. I'm going to give 10% of all my income to the Lord. Everything I earn, 10% belongs to him. And then one summer when I was between grade 11 and 12, 16 years of age, the summer I turned 17, I went to uh, northern Alberta to work for my uncle's roofing company. Two months, July and August, and I had no living expenses because we were on the road, taken care of with travel expenses and hotels and food. Two months on the road, and at the end of that summer, you know back then, $3 an hour was the laborer's wage, 1970. And I had $1,200 in my bank account. 120 of that belonged to the Lord. <sighs> oh. Just couldn't give it. Didn't give it. Just ignored it. Kind of let it go by. $1,200 was a lot of money for me then. Didn't have much. A few dollars here and there to spend. $1,200 in my bank account, and I, I want to buy a car. I want a vehicle. And lo and behold, a few months later, a vehicle came available to me in a rather indirect way, exactly $1,200. I took that $1,200, I didn't pay my tithe, and I bought that vehicle a 1966 Plymouth Fury II. But you know, it's amazing how a little theft from God can bother your conscience. And it never left me. And it was there. I tithed on every dollar from then on, but that $120, I had not been faithful to the, to the Lord, and it bothered my spirit until one day I said, I'm going to give a separate amount into the offering, $120 plus 20%. $24 over that because in the Old Testament says, if you give your word to God and you renege on your tithes, you need to pay a penalty of 20%. And so I took that 20% that the word of God generally gave out there and I gave an extra amount to the church, $144. You know, some people might say, you didn't have to do that. I mean, God, does God really care about stuff like that? What did it really matter? God's not vindictive about these things. You could have just gone your own way. But my conscience bothered me. And I wonder if we're so sure that God just winks at everything and overlooks everything when he's looking for a people that know how to yoke up with him in principle and power and walk with him in strength and serve him with all their heart. Yoke up young. Let's have the worship team come tonight.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's stand here tonight. Oh, Lord. How many here tonight want to yoke up young? Why don't we have our youth and young people just walk right up to the front here tonight and stand before God? They're already dedicated. But why don't you come on, stand here before this congregation and say, I'm yoking up young. I'm giving myself to the Lord for the rest of my life. I will be a warrior. I will be a prayer warrior. I will be a worship warrior. I will serve the Lord. I will give my tithes and offerings. I will not live my own way. I'm going to flee youthful lusts. I'm going to walk with God all the days of my life, and I will serve him. Hallelujah. I love the youth and the children of this house. They are spiritual. They are godly. They love the Lord. Listen, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and we had moves of God, and we were spiritual at times and at other times not, and people walked with God, and many fell away. I've never seen a spiritual group like we have in this house of God, backed by the prayers and the worship and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's a wonder to behold, isn't it? Youth, and how about the young adults? Some of you young adults, come on up from where you are. You say, I'm yoking up young. It's good to bear the yoke in your youth. Go with God. Hallelujah. Maybe you're here and you're a new Christian. You're a young Christian. You're young in the faith. You say, I want to yoke up young. I'm giving myself to God. You walk out from where you are in those seats and come and stand here as well. And let's lift our hearts and let's lift our voices. And let's give ourselves to God tonight to serve him with passion and fervor and strength all the days of our life. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift our hands to these young people. Stretch out your hands to them. And these young Christians, they dedicate themselves to the Lord tonight. And all of us, Lord, this word to all of us tonight, Lord. To yoke up young, to be faithful in the yoke. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Lord, your yoke is easy no matter what we bear, no matter the burdens, the spiritual burdens, the tests of life, the trials of life. We say tonight, your yoke is easy because it leads us on to eternal life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just in your own words here at the altar, say, Lord, I'm yoking up young right now. I'm giving myself to you. I want to serve you with all my heart and soul. I don't want my own way. Help me through every battle. Help me fight every battle. Anoint me with your Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's yield ourselves to the Lord tonight as we worship now. Call on the name of the Lord.